Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FAM, Friends and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky. And today, as always, I am joined by the mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, FAM? What's up? I like that everyone waved again. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How are you? So Reunited and it feels so good. Oh, yeah. I actually had a plan and then I, I totally bailed. I, I lost my nerve. I was going to start reading the script at the same time as Brasky. And then I just chickened out and didn't do it. <laughs> I'm so sad. I'm sorry I let everybody you're, know. You're the one, you know, you're, you're the one giving us like, we have a hard out. This podcast needs to get we out of do. here at a certain time. And here you were ready to just sabotage it right from the beginning. This is a popular podcasting house, okay? This is the only silent room in the house. We gotta gotta ship him out. True, it is a, it is a, it's definitely a PPH. You know, I can I can give house. us a noise if you guys want to know how loud it is in here. I can I can open the door. You know, I, I think I think the audience is already going to be adjusting to my cavernous new apartment that sounds like I'm just in a tin shed. So we're we'll keep them Wait. to one curveball right now. Oh, we're gonna pretend that you're not in that tin shed. No, no, we totally we. Yeah, let, let's let's be honest. It just sounds like hello, and that's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> but the good thing is, it's like concrete walls on all in the space in this new apartment. So, like, I could literally yell, and someone would just be like, "Did someone say something?" No, okay. So I'm you're gonna... saying Brandon has the murder basement. Now you have the murder living room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's murder living room. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's 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 a murder loft, you know. It's, it's, it's a murder, murder bachelor yeah, pad. It's a murder loft apartment. That's kind of what we're going with here. <laughs> and when uh, we aren't uh, trying to furnish murder lofts, uh, we are enjoying the game of Magic: The Gathering. There's there's your segue to start things off with. So when we're not uh, murdering people in my loft, we're murdering people the game of Magic, and that's what I hope you all have been up to for the past week or so. Sean, how was your week in Magic? Oh, Brasky. It was it was pretty good. I uh I started, you know, getting back into a normal sleep schedule. So I've been forcing myself to wake up every morning at the bright and early time of 10:30 a.m. Oh, it must be tough. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's real <laughs> tough. And then I uh, you know, do the normal Twitter Facebook thing for a half hour and then I get on arena at 11 and then I force myself to play for a few hours. Um and the only way I've been able to do it recently is by playing historic. I've actually been really enduring historic right now so last week or so been pretty good actually nice that's what i like to hear that's i i want that schedule and i uh i've decided that uh, i'm gonna take a few days and just kind of take a little bit of vacation and then also jump into arena and play a little bit of my time with that but luckily i didn't have to have the whole recovering from surgery thing to kind of get yeah. there all you got to do is get three years of arthritic ankles and you'll be fine you can do what i do so shit hold on let me write this down <laughs> <laughs> yeah somehow give yourself a hairline fracture and three years of not moving your ankles so great awesome right. i'm gonna get started on that next week fantastic <laughs> well uh if you're doing that then i want to know caroline cavanaugh were you metaphorically breaking ankles in the game of magic as as <laughs> as as a basketball player would on the court I don't know. It depends. Um, my week slash two weeks slash actually it's been like four years since I've seen all of you. It's been sort of interesting. A couple weeks ago, I played in one of the SCG Saturday events and finished 32nd, uh, which is exactly one position than someone else in this podcast, which is quite enjoyable because it paid out to 32nd. Is there anyone else here that maybe came one position lower than 
I don't <laughs> think so. I, w- I would assume that nobody did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I anyway. think they didn't have a 33rd. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. It was you. It was oh, dang. <laughs> a player has no name. <laughs> so that was kind of nice. And then that week uh, was actually my VML top eight. And um, without going into too much detail, it was we pre-recorded the first court, like the quarters and the semis. So I like played a match on a Monday night and then I played a match on like a Wednesday night. Um, and then I, I won both of those. It's not spoilers. It already happened. <laughs> and then I played the finals live and I couldn't really tell people because it was pre-recorded the viewers wouldn't know until Friday night. And so it was sort of awkward. I couldn't like promote myself because I couldn't pretend to be excited to be like, oh, I'm in the finals without ruining like half the show. Um, so I ended up playing in the, the finals. But one of the things that was really funny, my favorite memory of that whole evening was someone messaged me. My opponent in the semis messaged me after our results had already happened, but we were watching the recordings. And she was watching the quarters of my match. And she messaged me and goes, are you sure that you win this match? (laughs) (laughs) I was down a game in game two. And she messaged me. She's like, I'm not joking. Are you actually sure you win? (laughs) That's how, like, crazy that match was. That was my quarters against Nessa Meow Meow. And it it just made my, like, I don't know why. I just found it so funny. Because it... That match was just really insane. It was just like a really fun, it was a sack mirror, like between Gen Food and Black Red. So there's just a ton to do. So I can totally understand how it's like so far out on the turns that you don't know who's ahead. So it was pretty fun. I ended up winning the whole thing, which was also, you know, not not too shabby, which was pretty cool because I beat two teamer decks with my really old Gen Food deck. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so I actually have a note here on the wall that says don't play Gen Food. And I just covered it up so that I could play Gen Food for this event. I think uh, you can mail that that note to me now. <laughs> um, the next day I did play in a, another SCG. And unfortunately was playing again in the last round for top 32. Uh, but this time lost. And it was actually just a really brutal, like sad loss for me. Because if I had top 32, I also would have got to play Sunday. So I sort of missed out on a lot of opportunities from that one match. And I remember being just really frustrated and it was like a mirror. So you, you just, I don't know, there's some agency loss in a mirror and you're just kind of like annoyed. And I don't know, the, the whole thing was like, I took it a lot harder than I usually take losses. And my opponent was super nice, but wanted to continue talking about something else unrelated to magic or unrelated to that game. And I was kind of like, oh, they're being so nice to me right now. And like, they're talking about something important, but I just, I'm so bad at them. Like, what the heck? <laughs> like, it was, it was very funny. They're being so nice and cordial, and I just want to tell them to bleep it, bleep, Oko, bleep. Yeah, so it was Simon Nielsen, and he was messaging me about the set roulette tournament, which we, which I ended up casting, and he was giving me all these, like, decks that he found in the format. And he's giving, like, huge pages of, like, rundowns and screenshots, and I'm like, get the <laughs> I don't want to talk to you, but you're being so nice to me. <laughs> it was very funny. I, I was being very unreal. Like I shouldn't. I, I didn't say anything to him. I just said thanks for the things. But I'm just trying to picture a spot where, like the the Venus Mercury League in your top eight, like your friends, like, are you sure you actually win this? And you're like, yes, no, of course, I actually play the game. But then they used like some deep learning AI like film adjustments to make it look like you lost, and then just said, oh yeah, this person moved on. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> they like. <laughs> 
just troll me that began it's like yeah it's like the movie quiz show it's just everything is rigged even though you actually want it it just kind of set it up that way it's like nope never mind you're out <laughs> oh wow uh, and then yeah i cast the set roulette tournament which was rebranded to the uh kaladesh reunion tour um, <laughs> there were six sets and one of them was kaladesh so there were kaladesh decks be yeah we we could talk about it later if you want, but it like the decks were Mardu vehicles and Mardu Vroom Vroom. Yes. And Tumor <laughs> uh, Marble and that was it. <laughs> I wonder if that's gonna become a reoccurring problem with the set roulette. I thought about that too. Because like the newest sets were built without blocks in mind. So they they've jammed everything into one set, right? And then like the power level obviously went up. So it's like it's like for instance, like Adventures, everything in Adventures was an Eldrain. So if they just roll Eldrain, it's like the older sets were were the 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 mechanics were supposed to go through a, a whole like a like a whole block three different. And so sets. was Kaladesh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess kind of, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There there is a stopgap to that currently, and and just so everyone knows what we're talking about, there the Mythic Society monthly events called Set Roulette, and they roll randomly six sets in Magic history with some parameters, but basically they roll six sets. And then they build, that's a build your own format. And then you have one week to decide what to play. For the, there, there's some stop gaps. No standard legal set can be rolled. Oh, that's good. Uh, so at the moment, there is not, they're not in danger of that happening, I think. Kaladesh is a sort of an outlier because on top of being sort of recent set, it was also just an extremely powerful recent set. And I think the power level dropped after Kaladesh and then picked back up closer to, this year, 2019, <laughs> So there will be an issue eventually, but I think right now the way the tournament's structured, it, this was an anomaly, not a regularity. I'm gonna, I'm just waiting for the uh, when they re-roll and it comes up with the mana drain legal set again, but this time with wilderness reclamation. Yeah. <laughs> and Kaladesh, have... Kaladesh was energy counters, right? Vehicle. Yeah, yeah and vehicles. Gotcha. So I think as like the the issue with Kaladesh being more powerful was. That was true. Like there were a lot of cards in Kaladesh that were just a general upgrade to regular cards, like of its kind. But when you have a set that has a very specific mechanic that only works with cards from that mechanic, you're just naturally going to see more of them. Adventures is a really good example. Like if Eldraine is ever rolled and there's adventure decks, you're just gonna see decks with a bunch of Eldraine cards because you can't really just play a scavenging ooze in an adventure deck. It doesn't fit your theme at all. Like, it doesn't work. And that's what happened on this weekend is the energy decks... Well, okay, there was two parts of Kaladesh that were powerful. One was the energy part, so the uh, Reclamation... Or, sorry, nope. Marvel was really popular, and just straight up an energy uh, variant was popular. But there was also a second thing that was very popular and very powerful, which is the vehicles. <laughs> and so Marty Vehicles was another subset of Kaladesh that was an extremely powerful... Um, uh, aggressive deck and we haven't actually seen that power level of an aggressive deck in a long time i think anyway it was fun it was still good luckily i know a lot about kaladesh because i actually did play so i felt i was more valuable on that team than maybe <laughs> the, the format where it was all manager all the way down <laughs> so yeah that's the one that's why i enjoy just working like i didn't get to work this past weekend for the set roulette but that's why when i work production for those things i just get to sit back and run the show i'm like <laughs> boy i'm really glad i don't have to talk about these cards because that would just be a whole bunch of me just being like and then they played this card looks pretty good conan hawk what do you think and just kind of move yeah. on from it <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> hey conan hawk how was how was your week in magic been what's what you been up to 
to be honest, I did a lot of watching. So for most of you know, know like I, I stream Monday, Monday through Friday. Um, I actually took Friday off uh, from streaming this last Friday and mostly was just because like I wanted to go back to a little bit of studying and seeing kind of what was going on in historic, seeing if there's like a hold a punch in standard. And then I watched a lot of like the SCG. Uh, the SCG thing had a double event this weekend. They had the what is it, week four of the qualifiers uh, to qualify for the SCG Championship, and then they had the SCG Championship that Sunday, so Saturday, Sunday. So I watched both of those, and uh, it was kind of interesting because, like, if if, uh, if you've watched it, if you haven't watched it, I guess it's kind of spoilers, but I don't know, that's really weird. You can just, like, see it on the internet. Um, but Team Rec won both events. Um, Team Rec dominated both events, but the finals in both of them were Mono Red Aggro versus Teamer. And um, so, like, one of the things that I actually learned from this weekend was, like, the aggro decks are kind of in, sh in flux um, for which aggro deck is actually good against the teamer deck. And it was kind of interesting to see, you know, like, things like Flame Sweep get cut from the, uh, from the teamer rec decks in, flavor in favor of things that could kill green creatures, right? So, like, you're looking at Storm's Wrath, you're looking at uh, Bone Crusher Giant being able to kill, like, an early green creature and be a 4-3 blocker, which is, like, very, very relevant. And then you saw, like, even in, like, the like one of the tournaments I didn't mention was the Red Bull tournament that got won by a mono-white aggro deck. So you started seeing, like, these, like, get small creatures onto the board really quick, get wide, hit hard, hit fast, right? But not, like, the mono-green, like, where it's, like, make a really big thing and make it, like, bigger than Scorching Dragonfire and, like, do stuff like that. So I wonder, like, kind of, like, if Teamer's going to go back to the Flame Sweeps, um, go back to, like, the Scorching Dragonfires so that they can interact a little faster. I mean, that's basically just, like, all I did this weekend was just, like, watch and learn and and try to predict the future of, uh, I guess, Team of Reclamation until rotation or something happens, I guess. <laughs> yeah, until something happens, because we know that something didn't happen, uh, which we'll get to uh, a little bit later on in this podcast. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, on my end, I've had, uh, you know, I've, I've moved uh, apartments uh, in, uh, and moved to a new place, which, you know, is great and awesome, but that means I haven't really had time to play a lot of magic but i did get a chance to jump into uh the arena version of jumpstart and really had a lot of fun with it i did i think about three or four different rounds of it and just kind of got to choose some colors put some 40 card decks together but i i really enjoyed it because it really did feel fairly balanced like there wasn't many situations i came into it, i'm like well this is absolutely impossible i can't do anything about this it really kind of i felt i i felt what it was like to actually play a powered down set <laughs> for a while and kind of just go, oh, it's about, oh, I actually have to think about a lot of combat things and all of this stuff. Okay, this makes a lot of sense. Oh, I have to, I have to find a win condition. Okay, let's think about this for a moment and do all that, which was a lot of fun. I was like, oh, this seems great. And it, it was great because I could feel that it was accessible for newer players and even then not as new players, but still not very experienced players like myself, but also experienced players could really enjoy it. So I was like, awesome, cool. You know, I bet this would be a great way to get some of my friends who would be interested in trying out magic into it. So I was like, cool. So I'm going to look up ways to purchase Jumpstart. And that was a big mistake <laughs> because uh, because of the, uh, the times that we live in and print runs and all of that kind of stuff, even though there will be like an unlimited print run of Jumpstart right now, like a $100 booster box costs like $195 right now. Uh, if you want to find it on, on any of the other like big spots and training spots. So I'm waiting for like another print run of that. But I did actually go to, um, 
a big box store and was able to get like a four pack blister pack and had a neighbor come and we actually played and taught them some of the basics of the game. And so I got to like get a taste of what it's like to introduce somebody to the game. And this format was actually really, really cool for doing it. It was so much better than just grabbing a couple of intro packs and, and teaching whatever you can out of those things to actually have a, a couple of jumpstart packs and test them out with a friend who's never played before. It was cool. It was awesome. I just, Really hope it comes into print again very soon so I can go purchase it. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was hoping we wouldn't talk about Jumpstart. Mm. Because we pre-ordered a box two months ago. And they alerted us today that they were going to fulfill that, or that order. Ugh. Which is five days after it came out. That's that's a disappointment. That's brutal. That's a so, disappointment. That feels bad, I, man. I didn't take it very well. Yeah. It's been uh, interesting to see. I have a friend who works at one of the bigger card shops uh, in the country, and they were just like, yeah, nope. All of our just like, uh, uh, was it just like, yeah, no problems. Things are going to be fine. And then like five days beforehand, all the distributors like, yeah, no, things are not fine right now. And they're like, <laughs> okay, well, guess I'll die now. Uh, just kind of like moving on from there. And th it will come back. It will get, you know, back into print someday. But just for now, it's one of those things. It's like, great. I'm glad I can play this on Arena. But nothing else from there. And yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll oh, go you. ahead, man. Jump in. I was gonna brag about uh, these awesome, this awesome pickup I had. I was able to find four foil signed Azorius charms over the last week. If, so they came in the mail the other day. So I'm pretty excited about them. But I'm never gonna get to play them. But if that is not a Sean Gallagher card, I don't know what is. <laughs> Oh man, I've, this is probably one of the cards I've cast most in my life. If there was like a magic statistic, it might be like this Snapcaster Mage are probably like near the top of the cards I've cast the most in my life. I like that. I like that a lot. And hopefully there'll be a time where you can cast it even more. Maybe at some point you could cast it in some actual organized play whenever we get back to it in some way, shape, or form. But speaking of organized play, there's a lot that's been going on in the past week or so in the world of Magic. And to kind of give us the recap of all the stuff that kind of has happened uh, since last we spoke, uh, Caroline Cavanaugh will give us the quick rundown of what sounds like a news thing coming into her microphone. Great. All right. If we're doing this, we're going to do this. And now, everybody, here is your Magic the Gathering news with the mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, with Eric Hawkins and Sean Gallagher with sports. <laughs> Hopefully we get super dinged for <laughs> copyright. Yeah, totally. Shut it all down. Yep, shut it down. We just got dinged, we're shut down, but it was worth it. Okay, so one asterisk on this whole segment was I did write it last week, um, and we did not record last week case you didn't notice. That being said, it's all still relevant. Uh, so let's just break it down. Uh, there, are, There's two major things to talk about in this new segment. One was the organized play announcement, which came mid last week. Uh, and then the second one is just upcoming tournaments. So organized play, I don't want to do a, a long segment, which will be long anyway, just because I can't help it. But the actual TLDR is the top 1200 ladder for June, July, and August qualify for a tournament in September. They're called weekend qualifier events or Zendikar weekend qualifier events. And then September ladder and October ladder both qualify for their own events. So the September one goes to an October event and the October ladder goes to the November event. Okay. Those, all of those will be playing to play in a PT style event that will happen later in, I think 
early December. That will be the end of the Zendikar block. So basically, the Zendikar is the new set, and all of these tournaments are focusing around that into the end right before Christmas, and then come January, there'll be another set of tournaments that look just like this that will do the same thing all over again. So play a bunch of different qualifier weekends into a big PT. The thing to note is if you are serious about this or you're curious, there's actually some added ways to qualify for these weekend qualifiers that are no longer just grinding the ladder. Some highlights include the arena uh, opens that they've been having uh, have a way to qualify. The SCG events have a way to qualify. The Gen Con event coming up has a way to qualify. There, there's a lot of different ways. And I'm, in fact, I imagine there'll be even more as news develops. So take the time to figure out, hey, is the ladder not working for me? What else can I do? The Gen Con one is the shortest amount of wins needed to qualify for one of these weekends. Um, they're four round qualifiers, of course, uh, throughout Gen Con. And if you go 4-0, you get to play in the cool Sunday event. And anyone that plays in the Sunday event gets to go to the weekend, uh, the, the September arena online thing. So basically, four wins gets you qualified instead of the latter. That's pretty cool. That's never happened before. So it's really worth digging in and spending some time figuring out what tournaments do I need to play that can skip the ladder. If you're me, at least specifically. For the TLDR on Rivals MPL, I've decided to tell you that it is happening. They're playing monthly. And that's it. <laughs> There's like some extra gauntlet things that will get them in or out of the MPL or Rivals. But Honestly, if you're a rival and NPL member listening to our podcast, you should go do your own research. Thanks. Bye. Okay. So tournament stuff. I, I deleted some stuff because this was for last week. But the, the thing that's really important that came out last week as well, also terrible week to take the week off. I'm just saying. We missed a lot of announcements. The, the SCG finally came out with their season two, uh, which was nice. It was actually in time to end season one. So you can kind of get hyped up and, and play again. There, It's not very different than the, the one that was season one. So if you understood season one, the general concepts are the same. Um, it's longer, so you now need more points to make it to the finals. Uh, the prizes are a little bit different. I think they're worse in my opinion, but what, what does my opinion matter anyway? And just really pay attention to week five and week six if you're, if you're actually grinding these things, because the week five and week six have very different qualification periods than the rest of the structure. Um, including week five, the actual tournament that you're qualifi qualifying for will be on a, on a Monday, which is the Labor Day Monday. Um, so really pay attention to the, the differences because there's some new sets coming out and they have to do these like uh, uh, block block off, blackout weekends. So they're not allowed to play tournaments during certain certain weekends. So just, just really pay attention. Basically, if you want to play these things, do your own research. Again, we're not doing it for you. Too bad. The... This weekend in particular, on Sunday, there's an Arena Community Cup, uh, the Historic Open. Uh, so it'll be historic. <laughs> uh, Sean will be casting it, and Brasky will be behind the scenes, paying attention. Definitely paying attention. <laughs> totally. What? <laughs> there's also a Saturday. There's actually always a Saturday Historic Tournament, for those that are interested, hosted by the Arena Zone. I think it's pretty cool, and I might as well look into it. We'll see. Uh, but I recommend that. And then coming up at the following weekend uh, on Arena, nope, on August 1st is what I was trying to say, is the Arena Open. This is the second time we've experienced this. This is the one you can earn actual cold hard cash. Uh, pretty cool concept, but basically Saturday's best of one 
I think you have to get six, seven, eight wins. Someone help me out. Six on day one, seven on day two, right? Sure. Uh, so let, let's say six wins on day on day one. Uh, they're best of one and they're historic. And on day two, uh, I think five wins gets you a bunch of gems. Six wins gets you a thousand bucks, and seven win gets you two thousand bucks. And those are all best of three matches on yes. day two. And day one is repeated. You just have to keep trying until you get a token. Uh, and each each uh, event, I think, costs about ten bucks, ten or okay. ten or fifteen. The two thousand gems enter. Whatever yeah. that is, like eleven dollars or something. This like one, that. I think, this one will have an entry of like twenty thousand gold or four thousand gems. Oh, okay. That, that that might be what it was last time. So that's yeah. twenty bucks. So we're you know I I think that these arena opens are the best. Sit in front of your computer, and earn a result at the end that's cash. I think it has the best path to do that um, compared to any of the other tournaments we've ever suggested. I think anything else we suggest is basically a fun way to play Magic that has accidental ways to spend your shopping spree money, which is what I do with mine. <laughs> um, whereas this one, I, I think you, if you really try hard, $2,000 goes a long way. It's not just like a random you know, $100 gift card to Best Buy. That was a bad example. So, <laughs> welcome to 2007. <laughs> I will. I will say because I know we're short on time. There was actually a grand prix that gave prizes in Best Buy at gift cards. No I did, way. I was, was going to say that, but I was muted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was was muted. In, it was in Germany, and there's gambling rules, and so they didn't know about them until after they booked the grand prix. So they just had to give everybody gift cards to the local Best Buy. Oh it, my goodness! That's it was great. It's a classic story. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, it's super nice. That's all the tournaments that are coming up that I know of. If you know of any tournaments that I don't mention, please tweet at me at Mighty Linguini or Sugoi Gaming. Is it just Sugoi? Might just be just Sugoi. at Sugoi Gaming. Sugoi Gaming is the Twitter. Yes. Nice. Yeah, nailed it. Um, and then new sets that are coming out. Jumpstart just came out. Um, Double Masters is in preview season, so. Pay attention to all those cool new things. Tron lands, love it. Uh, Almancat remastered is in mid-August, and Pioneer remastered is rumored to be in quarter four. Uh, and Arena on Mo quarter four is like October to December. Um, Arena on mobile is also rumored to be in quarter four of this year. So cool stuff. I'm done. Well, you I like the Tron land? Do you like the Karn though? I love the Karn. The Karn. <laughs> It's so Caroline. It's such a Caroline Karn. I want all of them. Oh my goodness. So I saw the Karn. I saw the Karn and I both loved it, but also there was like a thing where I, I was picturing Karn looking at that and it was like for for any soccer fans out there, it was like watching Cristiano Ronaldo look at a statue that someone made of him. That was the worst <laughs> freaking statue ever. And it just I, it, I like them all. Like, oh man. Thursday land, great. <laughs> that was your news segment with Caroline Cavanaugh. Brought to you by whatever this copyrighted material is. Brought to you by Karn Liberated. Remember, if you want liberation for your artifacts, find Karn. I think it was free for what it's worth. Okay, thank goodness. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sets coming out. There's a whole bunch of organized play news that came out, as well as, you know, uh, continuing on with the awesome kind of the smaller events like SEG and Arena Community Cup, which is great as well. Uh, Sean and, and Eric, you know, do you have any uh, initial thoughts like on the, the, you know, on organized play in the new system and, you know, your opinions on that? Or uh, at the other side, just kind of looking forward to playing 
playing some competitive events that uh, aren't specifically standard? Yeah, I mean, for me, my goal of hitting top 1200 Mythic, that's basically where it boils down to. That's the starting path, I think. So I got to make sure I'm doing that every month. And then also, um, I gotta try, I'm going to try to shoot for the Star City tournaments again. I took a break for a week or two. I had some personal stuff going on, but I'm going to get back into those again, either this week or next week. Yeah, I think I think for the most part, um, I'm like, you know, like uh, Caroline pointed out was like, they, they're giving you a lot more ways to qualify for the top 1200, uh, not just top 1200, right? So like you can do a lot of paths that equal top 1200, which is really cool. Um, I do wish that they would find something that they could stick to though, is kind of like my thing. It feels like it feels like there's like an OP announcement like every, I mean like it's probably not, but it's like every month. It feels like there's like oh, but we're gonna do we're changing the, some things on this and some things on that, and I'm like, now what? Well, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Like, <laughs> I would do really well with an infographic of just like <laughs> yeah. load chart. I really, really like those. Yeah, I really have a hard time like slogging through articles of like information. Caroline does a really good job of like giving us the TLDR. But like when Caroline's not at my, you know, on the call with me, I still get lost. So, <laughs> so here's my idea. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay, for any of us '90s kids that were out there, I'm gonna find the guy who voiced Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple, and he's gonna <laughs> talk about the organized play system as if it was the temple itself. So he's gonna be like, first you have to get top 1200 in June, July, or August. Then you can queue three weekend qualifiers to get into a PT-like event, and then you'll go to the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Since they like had to stop playing the show. Yeah, yeah, it might have just might have been. Just might have been. But yeah, no, there's a lot of cool things to go out in the organized play side of things. And it's gonna be fun to see some all you know, in a, in some areas we'll see some formats other than standard because it's uh it's been cool to see what's going on in historic and some of the other formats that are happening around there, especially when things get shaken up thanks to a banned and restriction announcement. And it, again, you know, it's been uh, about a week since we've done the podcast, but in a way we've had a chance to kind of see the impact of the bans and restrictions that uh, that were announced and have now gone into effect and things of that nature. So a lot of stuff was, you know, things impacted historic. You know, we, we saw stuff that was suspended get fully banned, like Winota and Agent of Treachery and Fires of Invention. But we also saw, you know, just outright banning of Nexus of Fate I'm crying on the inside and I miss it. I miss it so much. There's also uh, Burning Tree Emissary was suspended, uh, which was interesting and took some people out by surprise. But then uh, Oath of Nyssa in Pioneer was unbanned. You have uh, Astroblade in Modern was banned. And then in Popper, Expedition Map and Mystic Sanctuary were banned. So I know we aren't like the biggest uh, Popper players here. And it's been a while since a lot of us have played Modern. But from the Pioneer side of things, seeing... An unbanning was kind of cool as opposed to a banning. And then we also get to see uh, Nexus of Fate. Boy, there just is there is no place for it in the arena client. I will miss it so. I'm so mad. I was having so much fun playing Nexus of Fate, even though I know it's a very toxic card in the arena client. No one is actually wanting to play it. Um, but it's there was a lot of shakeup there. And most notably, there was no action in standard from this uh, from these announcements. And so, I mean, Sean, I want to start off with you. You've been playing a lot of historic, uh, so you kind of have gotten a sense to. Obviously, you don't get to like, hey, tell, what's it like to see Agent of Treachery finally banned? It's like because it was suspended. You know, Fires was suspended. Winota was suspended. But Nexus of Fate and Burning Tree Emissary, uh, kind of getting pushed out of the format. Have you seen uh, kind of a ripple effect impact on the historic format from those? So I think there's a couple things going on here. They have the ban 
happened at the same, essentially the same time Jumpstart came out. So it, let's just try to like put our tinfoil hats on here. Imagine if Nexus of Fate was still in the format, is this Goblins deck that's essentially dominating the format. Caroline's a huge fan of it. Um, do we think the Goblins deck is going to be a big contender in Nexus? I doubt it. But um, with Nexus being banned, it opened the door for this Goblins deck. And then, I mean, towards the end of Burning Tree Emissary's short-lived life, it wasn't even getting played, if I remember right. There was definitely a lot of Gruel decks that weren't even playing Burning Tree Emissary. So I don't know if that banning really made too much sense, in my personal opinion. But definitely Nexus of Fate getting banned was a huge shakeup for the format. I mean, that was... If you picked three cards that defined historic, Nexus of Fate was all three of them. So, I, it, it actually might be two of the three, and then Field of the Dead is the third. So, <laughs> having a band finally after all this time is definitely a big shakeup for the format. And now we're seeing a lot of like these Goblins decks and more Field of the Dead decks coming up. So, who knows? Maybe in three months when they do another banning and unbanning, we'll see something different. But right now, Nexus of Fate being banned is pretty exciting to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think. Nexus of Fate made a lot of sense. Um, I know I'm the maybe the only person on this podcast that I, I don't want to say like I was in favor of the of the Burning Tree Emissary band, but like I I definitely think that they they noticed that Nexus of Fate was the deck of the of the of the format, and then the other deck that actually probably got played more than it was Gruel, and they just like like looking at Gruel, they just kind of went, I don't know, what do we do? Do we like? ban stomping ground like what would like how do we stop like all the decks are just it's just creature stuff right so i think what they did is they took the 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 card that had the wildest impact on your starting hands like for a person that like was trying to play a deck that wasn't nexus and a deck that wasn't uh that wasn't gruel as well like i would win most of my games against gruel when they went like lana war elf gruel spellbreaker right but the games where they went lana war elf Burning Tree, Burning Tree, Gruel Spellbreaker. I just like right, you know, I just like hit escape and it concede because like the game was over. Like there was no way I was catching back up from that. So like I can, I, I, I it just called caused these like wild swings in the beginning of the game, and I think that might be the reason that they did it is mostly just because of that. And like I don't know if it needed to be, but I definitely agree at least with the Nexus ban. I think okay. Caroline might have to say here, not hundred percent, but she might. I have lots of thoughts. One major thought was. The main reason that Gruel in the Burning Tree Emissary style was so popular was to battle against Nexus. Nexus was the boogeyman in the format. The only way to get ahead of Nexus was to just smash you with a bunch of Burning Trees. As the format developed, Nexus turned, uh, Simic Nexus turned into Bant Nexus because Bant Nexus could actually tackle these red-green creatures. And the only way Bant Nexus would lose is if a player went Burning Tree, Burning Tree, Burning Tree. So if you're reflecting on the format in that sense, you're like, okay, well, we're, we are removing Nexus. The next deck that is fighting Nexus has this really explosive draw. Let's remove that draw. I understand that's that like it, that snapshot that Watsi did. The thing that bothers me is that isn't actually a snapshot of what was happening in historic at that time because what was happening instead was the bant nexus decks were getting not as popular they the builds weren't like they're were all over the place people weren't coming to a good consensus and the the gruel decks were actually starting to fight other gruel decks and so the format became a lot of gruel 
And so one of the ways to combat that is they they developed a different gruel deck that was a what people on Twitter called like big gruel. And those decks didn't even have burning tree. So if we're going to erase Nexus, so Nexus is now removed from the format, we don't need these burning tree explosive starts to, to punish a deck. Because in reality, a bunch of burning trees, by the way, are just tutus. The end of the day, they're just tutus. <laughs> and so if you have a bunch of tutus that are facing down these Gargaroths and you know large creatures, it is like the battle goes back to the big gruel being better. And so by removing Burning Tree, I felt that it told me as a historic player that they didn't play that many games of historic to make this guess. And that's what happened with Amnota. And I was equally as annoyed when they banned um, Agent of Treachery in historic <laughs> or suspended or whatever it's called. It was the same idea. It was someone was looking through a very small window into the historic and forgot to actually check what was happening. And I get the same feeling from the Burning Tree Emissary ban, and I get the same feeling from the lack of respect for talking about Field of the Dead. Again, the same thing happened, is Nexus was really popular, uh, Burning Tree Emissary was really popular, Winota obviously before was, was really popular. So they took all those out and they forgot to say, oh yeah, what did we leave, what did we, what did we drop? We're missing something from our cart, what is it? Feel of the Dead. I think they're going to run themselves into another cycle of problems. They left a powerful card around in the format, and it's just going to cause people annoyance, and it's going to take over the format, and eventually they'll go and be like, it's a banning announcement, and then it will be Field, and it won't be that surprising. But Caroline, so <laughs> they just put out this new set that also introduced Explore and Oracle Maldaya, and if you don't have a payoff for all of those putting the lands into play, what are you supposed to do with those cards? <laughs> I I think that that's actually like a a reasonable argument and that's fine and I guess what I'm trying to say is I just don't like they didn't even talk about it at all. A car that they had previously suspended and unsuspended, I feel like they should say, "Hey, we thought about this card. Here are some reasons why we are keeping it in the format." Instead of just ignoring it. Like I I'm losing the chance to give them the benefit of the doubt that they did this testing and I'm starting to just think that they just didn't even remember it was in the format. That's how I'm feeling. As a person who plays this, this format, they just keep forgetting about cards and it's annoying. <laughs> but anyway, that's I, I, my bad about the whole thing. I was gonna say, I, I will say that one of the things that I do find very annoying about, about, or, uh, about Historic, <laughs> sorry, not Pioneer, about <laughs> Historic right now is because of Field of the Dead. I feel like it's very important for your deck to be able to kill without combat damage or if you are going to kill with combat damage, it has to be like a ludicrous amount of creatures or ridiculously fast. Have um, I got a deck for you? <laughs> so Sean, Sean talked about it a little bit earlier with the Goblins deck that gets a ludicrous amount of creatures. You have like Questing Beast and Ember Cleave, which is, you know, going like they can't block the Questing Beast and some of that. Um, like th those are the decks that I can see punching through something like a Field of Dead. But if you just like wanted to play, say like Vampires, right? You couldn't just play just like regular old vampires to get through things like Field of the Dead, you would have to have, like, the, the vampires that I'm seeing have, like, this veto combo in it. Right. It's, like, because it's, like, oh, they have eight zombies now, and they're making two zombies every turn. I have to kill them without combat damage now. Like I have that, seen a couple... Oh, sorry. Well, that's the rule that Nexus was playing before. Nexus yeah. was playing, like, the deck, you have to do something different, otherwise I'll win. 
And that's what was happening with Gruul. Gruul's like, okay, well, I can do something different. I can kill you really quickly. Your fogs don't matter. I have bone crushers and, and questing beasts. Boom, I get, I, I win. But they're like, oh, well, we'll take out Nexus. Don't worry. And they just keep forgetting about these other things that they have, like Field of the Dead, that, that also say, hey, you have to do something different or else I just have a huge advantage because I just play lands every turn. It just yeah. seems like they aren't remembering all the cards they have. <laughs> Sean, what else did you see? Oh, I was just going to say, while I was playing my Field of the Dead deck today, which, by the way, has been great, uh, I played against the black, a Black-Red Vampires deck, which had four mana Soren in it, which gives all your creatures lifelink. Oh, nice. So they had Veto in play, and they're attacking me with, like, four or five creatures, and I'm like, okay, so if I block, I'm taking 17. If I don't block, I'm taking 17. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. I mean, if I was able to kill the Soren, it wouldn't have mattered, but... It was a really oh. cool deck. I wanted to quickly counterpoint that you mentioned in your original rant that you think goblins wouldn't be good if Nexus was in the format, and I think that that's just unfortunately wrong. Just because the, the goblins deck is actually incredibly fast. I mm -hmm. think the Nexus deck would not... like, Except for the fact that it, it has the fogs, which I think there you could build your deck slightly differently to adjust for that. I mean, you could um, bone crush behind you, but... Yeah, I, I don't know if you Anyway, the point is that I really think that the Goblins deck is as fast as the Gruul deck was, and more consistently fast. You don't have However, to have the burning. You would get you would get a better um, you would get a better sweeper because the Gruul against the Gruul decks you can't play settle, right? Mm. But against Goblins you can play settle. Why can't you play settle against Gruul? Because they have uh, Gruul Spellbreaker. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So like you'd be able to be like, I made a hundred Goblins, and you're like, do you have a hundred basic lands? Uh, I got settled. Ah, <laughs> uh, that that would be a fun time for me, just because of the idea. Man, I miss settle the wreckage. I, I it's not that I miss settle the wreckage. Out. Yep. No. Nope. Stay in here. Stay in here, boy. Yeah, I'm just the best. I'm everybody's best friend with the out. games that I love to play. Hey, you know what? I love Nexus the Fate. Settle the wreckage is a great card. Uh, but it's I what, love Sepulchre Divining Top Mirrors. Oh yeah, it's just great. It's fantastic. Doesn't everyone enjoy these things? But I also think it's one of those spots where. The thing I missed about that I used to miss about Settle the Wreckage in Standard, which I got to play more historic for this, is just to simply leave four mana up and two white, just to just to say, you know, do you feel lucky? Do you want to do? Do you well, want to try it? Do you want to try it? And then they still punch you in the face and do it because they have to. Uh, but <laughs> every like one out of every like twenty five or thirty games I did that and I didn't have Settle the Wreckage, it would work, and I would just feel like the smartest person in the room because i believe Why do i feel so. like brasky would give them the pen or pick oh, up the pen. oh yeah the pen oh. <laughs> would definitely pick up the pen yes oh yeah yeah that's very true I, I guess the only other thing to kind of uh talk about it or at least kind of comment on it is that at the very least with burning tree emissary is that they they did just suspend it as opposed to nexus of fate which they just straight up outright banned and we did see uh, in another format, we did see the unbanning of a card as well. And so it, at the very least, uh, we have seen some precedent of them uh, being able to say, hey, we're going to do this for now, but it might not be permanent. You know, we might be bringing it back into the format or there's something else that we might change or shift or something of that nature. So that, that's the only thing that I, I'm kind of seeing from this as well is that I'm sure there are still things and areas of concern. But at the very least, uh, they're leaving themselves some outs just in case, okay, this wasn't the problem. We're going to bring it back into the format. 
But with all the impact that we saw on Historic, there was still a lot of movement in other formats as well. And so we did see Oath of Nyssa on Band and Pioneer. We saw Astroblade get the Axe in Modern. And uh, as we said, Ex- Expedition Map and Mystic Sanctuary go away in, in Popper. And I know, you know, we're not well-versed in all of these formats, but I do, uh, do know that uh, we play uh, a good amount of Modern with the other folks on this podcast. So to see Astroblade... That was the one kind of thing I saw from anyone else's comments on the bannings and unbannings or predictions and responses back to it. It's like, hey, Astro Blade's banned. Good. It better be it good. Get it out. Go away. Bye. Is that how y'all feel about that banning announcement in Modern or, or what else? Okay, so I, w- I want to take the lead on this one a little bit. Um, I think that in general, Modern has been in a medium place. I think the Astro Labe decks have allowed for a lot of annoying play the best cards and win strategies um in, in to a point where they're playing like just too many colors it's just not even fun and, and i played modern in you know during this world and it was okay it was just like yeah i don't i don't know i used to play modern for like uh for fun like fire up a league or a prelim or something and i was just super off it and i'm i don't think i was the only person that was off it but i'm sure there was also people that still liked playing uh whereas i think that this banning has actually invited more unique decks to be around. Not necessarily be tier one or tier two, just be around. People can just play the decks that they used to be able to play, like Ad Nauseam and Tron and all these other things, Boggles, and and see results. Whereas once, I don't know, with Astrolab, I think it was just too hard to get any progress. Like the, the decks were just so much better than what you were trying to do. Um, so I personally have seen a shift, and I personally like Modern again, but that's mostly just because I got to play Tron and do well with it. Um, and I'm curious to see if uh, if anyone else here felt that way, or they feel like Modern is still kind of thumbs down. Um, I mean, in the past, I've played Modern was my most played format, and kind of when Urza got printed, I started to taper off a little bit, and then Astrolabe kind of compounded the issue. Um, so the Astrolabe getting banned, it is kind of like a breath of fresh air where like I can go back in, play my, you know, two and three color decks and not just be ca- out card advantage by these three and four color decks that are, you know, a control deck that just happened to have Arkham's Astrolabe in it. Um, so it is nice that I can uh, play my devoted Druid decks or my humans decks again and, you know, not have to deal with Arkham's Astrolabe on one and then, you know, a random two color spell on two and then a, th- a third colored spell on three. So. It is a really nice adjustment, I think. I think it's a positive adjustment for Modern going forward, for sure. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for me with Astrolabe is, like, it, it, it made it so that aggro decks couldn't really perform in the format, right? So one of the big things when you were talking about Burn before, uh, like a long time ago, we were talking about, or, like, me and a couple of my friends were talking about why Burn was so good in, in Modern and, like, why it was always in a decent spot, right? And it's because your opponent would go, fetch to 19, shock in a land, go to 17, play a spell, right? So as a burn deck, most of your cards do three damage, right? Like most of your spells do three damage. So now you, instead of having to cast seven spells, right? Like you've taken a whole spell away. You only have to cast six spells now to kill your opponent, right? If all of your, if all of your stuff does, it does three damage. And with Astrolabe, it was always, it just became fetch, get a basic, play Astrolabe. And then then their colors are all just there. Right, so like, there's no more like now. You're still back to seven spells, and like, you know, that that has like a kind of a ripple effect on the format. 
if your first land is you know is a, is a is a is a land that you can do stuff with and the next one is another basic and the next one is another basic it just like makes it so that they're not taking as much damage and if they like as caroline is saying get to play all the best cards then like they're probably beating you on card quality as well so you needed that shock land or maybe two shock lands to get you back into the game as an aggro deck and now like the, that's the thing that i noticed when i was like looking at um some of the results is i mean granted there's a lot of eldrazi tron as the as the aggro deck of choice but there were like burn decks there were uh prowess decks there were you know stuff like that which that could actually compete in the format and that was like really cool to see and i, I think a lot of that has to do with astrolabian band um the one deck i didn't see unfortunately was affinity so you know we were talking a little bit about unbans where pioneer had probably the the weirdest unban i've ever seen but we should have seen uh, Artifact Lands, I think, on Band and Modern because I needed to play Affinity this week uh, because uh, Mana Traders had their series, and I I didn't want to have to look for a new deck. I just wanted to play Affinity. So, you know, that would have been great. Yeah, also kind of compounding on what you just said was if people are able to just play more basics and their mana is just better, cards like Blood Moon also get a lot worse where if you have to kind of think about it looks like it's a chain effect. If people are playing more basics, it means Blood Moon is less good, means their decks like Primeval Titan, Amulet, for example, or Field of the Dead decks, they get a lot better when there's less Blood Moon in the format. So with less basics being played, Blood Moon stock is going to go up, meaning Primeval Titan stock probably goes down at least a little bit. So that is another like ripple effect of Arkham's Astrolabe getting banned that might, maybe not everyone thinks about, but um, I don't know how many times I've had Primeval Titan cast against me way earlier than it should have been, and I lose the game. So um, having Blood Moon back in the format will be at least, you know, they can always kill Blood Moon eventually, but um, having that stopgap of a card like Blood Moon back in the format is a breath of fresh air, I think. I'm just, uh, you know, completely opposite topic. Uh, what the hell is it going to take to get uh, Wilderness Reclamation out of standard? That's all I'm going to throw out there. <laughs> So probably rotation. <laughs> so I did. I did write that in like my summary of these kind of things, and I understand that they are kind of between a rock and a hard place. They've had a pretty bad year with standard, and the rotation is coming up, so there it sort of makes sense they didn't even consider banning. But I think I will not be playing standard in the next uh, two months or so. Which yeah. is unfortunate. I really like those SCG events, SCG events, but um, they're just—it's just not fun. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 100 with you. I played one this week, played White Weenie, and I was like, I hope everyone just like plays Wreck and I get to smash them or whatever. And then like the Wreck that I did play, like added Deafening Clarion to their sideboard, and then I was just like, well, I'm never beating a Deafening Clarion in a million years. And then I was just like, I was like, the next day I was like, eh, I'm just not gonna play them anymore. And I, I, my my hope is, and this is me being like you know uh, hopeful, is that just like the PT finals gets like some ludicrous number of teamer reclamation slash four color reclamation decks that registered, and then the following week they just have to do something because you know maybe maybe you know like like you there's like the weird thing is is the PT finals Swiss goes this weekend, but the actual top eight is until the next weekend. So I don't know if they can do something before that happens or not. But my hope, but what I'm thinking for my, you know, for me is like, they'll probably just let the PT finals happen. All that stuff happens. And then they go, hey, look at Historic. We're doing this arena open. Just look at Historic. Don't look at Standard. Just, you know, hi, look at me over here. Pay no attention really cool. to the format behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I, I think that's that's more likely what's going to happen. But I am with Carolina. I I don't really have an interest in playing standard until until things ha until things change. 
Yeah, it's one of those things that we'll just go, all right, you know what? I'm going to put you away for now. I have other things to do. I have other stuff that I can enjoy, so that's what I'm going to do, and that's that's what I'm going to enjoy, and that's going to be fine. And there's plenty of things to enjoy uh, as we continue on in the game of Magic the Gathering as we play it for the next week or so. So uh, I, I think that's a good place to kind of to kind of wrap things up. So I want to envelop our our how we're going to get better at the game this week. I want to let's envelop that into our little tag of where people can find you on the internet, because of course you can find all of these wonderful people in different places around the internet and what they're doing, and they're going to be doing some stuff and getting better at the game as they do it. So, Sean, what uh, where can people find you on the internets, and what are you going to be doing to get better at the game while you're doing it? You can find me at Mr. Toolshed on Twitter and twitch.tv slash Mr. Toolshed uh, for the foreseeable future until August 3rd, which is the, his, the Historic Opens on the 1st. I'll be playing Historic until then. You can come find me playing Historic decks, probably with Golos and Field of the Dead in them, every day until then. So come hang out, come watch me learn to play Golos Mirrors and cry at how boring they are. Great. Yes, I will. I will get much entertainment after watching you weep. That's all. <laughs> just, and that's all I'm going to type in the chat. It's just, yeah, that's right. Cry for me. <laughs> Caroline, what are you going to be up to to get better at the game this week? And where can people find you doing it? Uh, so this week, uh, my focus is on the Mana Traders uh, series. This is the end of their, we'll call it league play. Uh, you have to have a certain win rate to advance, which I did. Uh, so Saturday will be a Swiss event, um, which will be modern. So that will be nice. Um, and then uh, Sunday will be the top eight if I do that. And then there's also some historic events that I'm looking at to play this weekend as well. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on twitch.tv slash the Mighty Linguini where I stream on Wednesdays. Uh, I always have a magic guest, but we don't always play magic. This week I will have Lady of the Crease, uh, VML competitor, top eight VML competitor, um, playing some Tron. We're both Tron fans. Uh, I'm getting ready for Modern on Saturday, so we're going to jam some Tron. Nice. Eric, where can people find you on the internet while you're trying to get better at the game? Uh, you can find me at Conan Hawk uh, on Twitter and also on Instagram. You can also find me Monday through Friday on twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. For what I've been doing better to get better at the game, I've been watching a lot of uh, old Magic recordings, kind of, uh, um, you know, Caroline's Discord. Um, I believe Nick Price uh, brought it up and I was watching uh, watching some old Magic recordings uh, because of them. And, uh, you know, it's kind of relit my competitive fire, but going to be doing some, I guess, you know, just like watching, relearning the basics, doing all that type of stuff. And then uh, I'll also be playing in that Magic Traders thing because literally... As uh, as we were starting this podcast, I, I finished my last uh, my last match and qualified for it. So uh, I will also be learning some modern, I guess, too. Nice. That's that's going to be some fun stuff to check out as well. Of course, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Brasky eleven forty two. And I'm just going to be looking forward to getting back into the game after I un you know after I just get myself under out from under this pile of boxes that I'm currently in right now. And of course, if uh, you are up to a bunch of different things, you can always find us at Swagoy Gaming on Twitter, and you can also find out about us at Swagoy.com, S-W-A-G-O-I.com, and you can always find us, hopefully, next week as we continue on with another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, and we thank everyone for tuning in this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. And we're Friends, that was a good episode.